Blog Talk Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darlings. Bonsoir. Comment allez-vous? All right. We're here and we're ready for another uh, exciting night of uh, what's going on around the world. First show of March. First show of March. The quarterly time is in. Uh, Not totally quarterly. Yeah. First quarter is at the end of March. Uh, Sneak it up on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my green glitter vest ready. i got to get it out the cleaner. Oh, What's the French man going to say? He's going to have his, too. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. <laughs> uh, we're going to be tinning oh. in the French uh, quarter. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Whatever works. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I appreciate that. So how you doing Ooh. tonight, Kev? I can't complain. Uh, just tired of the nasty weather. That's all. I just want to see some sunshine. Oh, I like the rain. Oh, is that ice out here? Okay. Uh, yeah, I had to have something, but there's dreary weather out here. <laughs> Oh, blame it on the weather. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's do this. Okay. How are you doing over there, Papa? I hear glasses over there, too. (laughs) Uh, Oh, whatever do you mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, everything is good, Papa. You said you're all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good, good, good. All right. Well, let's get on into it then. Sure, All right, why not? Why not? Do it. All right. Our hot topics tonight. No we no argument in Hanoa after talks abruptly collapse. Also, Cohen's testimony escalates Trump's legal troubles. And five major Catholic leaders taken down by church sex abuse scandal. Our hidden and quitted headlines, House Oversight Committee issues ultim- ultimatum the White House. Also, Virginia's First Lady gave cotton to black kids. Really? Okay. Um, Matt Gates um, under investigation by Florida State Bar over Cohen treatment. And uh, he went viral for buying out a Girl Scout cookie stand. Okay. Also, uh, little known black history facts. Hattie McDaniel, Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler, and uh, Claudette Colvin also was popping with Papa Didi. Our weird news tonight. Two arrested for brawl at buffet over crab legs. Okay. All right, people. What are we coming to now? 
Um, man delivering crazy man delivering food alleged uh, dips testicles in salsa over low tip and man in gorilla suit breaks in home I'm just saying with red wine you can keep your apology living for the city with Papa Didi a surprise for us tonight I'm quite sure my Hollywood wrap up I got quite a bit for you tonight um, also, the cocktail of the week, the Almond Crusta. That's going to be very interesting. I kiss it list and the um, last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topic. I am Kettle from the original Pajama Party. If you haven't heard Pajama Party Show, you've missed out. We've got hot topics, hidden and quitted headlines, what's popping with Papa Didi, our weird news, I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city with Papa Diddy, my Hollywood wrap-up, of course, the cocktail of the week, and uh, the world-famous cookie list. And, of course, you can't forget the last word. We serve it up each week on the Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. 914-803-8306 or listen live at www.avajamaparty.com You can also follow us on Twitter at avajamaparty Hi, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Okay, well, the latest news out of uh, Hanoi, uh, Vietnam, they're, they're claiming that uh, Trump and uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un couldn't come to any kind of agreement. Now, first of all, who comes to any kind of agreement in one day? Okay, I mean, when you're negotiating, isn't there a, 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 a strong time, a compromising time? You know, I don't know. That you sounds think, right. You think you're going to go over there and just work wonders in like a few hours? And then both of them had interpreters by their desk. Now, the, interpret, the interpreter can always backdoor both of them, you know what I mean? Neither one of them can understand each other, so the damn interpreter, the, the, uh, interpreter can fuck around and bullshit the two of them. How about that? Yeah. He said you're a jerk. <laughs> you know? So they're the one. I think the interpreter is the ones that are really having all the fun. Anyway. Um, but they're the only ones who know what really happened. Yeah. Well, it, like I said, they were trying to go up for a nuclear agreement, which didn't happen. It wasn't enough time, really, during their second summit, you know, which was abruptly cut short in Hanoi. Vietnam on Thursday afternoon. Now, speaking to reporters afterwards, Trump said there were uh, <clears throat> two sticking points that had made a, a deal uh, inappropriate at this time. <clears throat> Kim wanted sanctions to be lifted in their entirety, and we would not do that. Oh, wow, he finally did something uh, sensible. Anyway, Trump added also that while Kim had offered to uh, uh, denuke a large area, that we wanted included the Yangabu site and uh, North Korea's leader was not willing to meet U.S. demands to dismantle a number of other nuclear facilities, including the second uh, 
uranium uh, enriched site. So it sounds like nobody was willing to take away a damn thing. Yeah, sounds like it was a waste of time. And then here's Trump said, you always have to be prepared to walk. Trump said, preferring to the stall talk, you know. I could have 100% uh, signed everything today. We had we had papers ready for signing, and and uh, I much rather do it right than do it fast. Damn, I can't believe he said that. He must be he must be an election year. But he didn't feel that way about the government shutdown. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Just saying. He's being patient with the no few needs, but but shitting on Americans anyway. So. Uh, his his uh, comments also followed the unexpected uh, change in the schedule, summit time. So the two the two leaders had planned to work at a certain time, but things were getting backed up and it was running late. Things of this nature. Then both of them had ob- obligations back in their particular uh, countries to fulfill, so they had to cut it short. Basically, it was a waste of time, waste of taxpayer money, waste of gasoline on US one, mm. waste of everything. You know, what's the point? How about staying home and handling some business at the crib? Well, what I want to know is why did he then, uh, when a reporter asked him about that student that died, that got, you know, messed up in the prison and then came home and died, what's his name, Otto Wom, Wom something. Yeah, but to me. Wombucher, Wombusher or something. Yeah, but to, to, to Kim Jong-un, that's old news. But what I'm saying is that a reporter asked Trump when he got home or while he was there, one of the two, about that whole situation. Did you talk to Kim Jong-un about it? And he said, yeah, I talked to him about it. And Kim Jong-un said he didn't know anything about it, that the prisons over there are really rough. Stuff happens, but I didn't know anything about it. You know, what I had nothing to do with it. And Trump said, I believe him. I take him at his word. I'm like, are you kidding me? That man is such a control freak. People probably can't even pass gas without Kim Jong Un knowing it or approving it before they pass it. So how can he say, "I didn't know anything about that," and Trump say, "Yeah, I believe him." And the parents of that guy issued a statement, I think today or yesterday, and said that they were appalled by Trump's statement to say, "You believe a crazy, controlling dictator." Are you kidding me? And now your boy Dennis Rodman has sent some kind of letter. I don't know what he wrote. I just saw something. Anybody see that? Something about Rodman sent a letter. To his boyfriend? <laughs> what? I don't know. You know, that's his boy, so. Mm-hmm. But, know. you know, the um, the parents were in the audience when um, President, Tr- well, Trump, 45, and I was seeing President, Forty-five um, had gave the um, union um, speech, uh, and you know they were standing up and they acknowledged them and they were crying at the time. But now, you know, since Donald Trump has said this, you know they have, um, I guess, changed a different different tune. You know, I'm sure they, they have. They just, they just don't believe what he's saying. You know, the president. I mean, no. you know, Trump. I'm sure they still want justice for their son. And now Trump is saying, well, if Kim said, now he's calling him by his first name, like they're buddies. 
Kim. Mm-hmm. He said Kim said he didn't know anything about it. I believe him. I'm taking him at his word. You know why would he lie? <sighs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I think Trump just needs to be quiet. He he just he should just say no comment because everything he says is just it's a lie. Everything he's saying. Well. Well, speaking of lies, that's a good segue into Cohen's testimony this week. <laughs> oh, I you know I'm not sure whether he was telling the truth this time. Since last time he said he lied when he gave his testimony, now he says he's telling the truth. He he threw Trump under the bus so far. Trump should have tread marks on his whole body, based on this testimony. But, you know, he used to be the fixer and lawyer for Trump. So Wednesday, he gave this whole extended testimony and basically just spilled his guts to a degree and told it all. He answered the questions that uh, the the congressional uh, committee had. They were asking him all kind of stuff. He gave them details about Trump's participation in campaign finance uh, crimes He explained different steps that Trump took after he got in office, talked about investigations and stuff that were going on and Trump's involvement in that. He also told the Oversight Committee, uh, the House Oversight Committee, that the Trump Organization executives, including Donald Trump Jr. and the CFO, Alan Weiselberg, or Weaselberg, I call him Weaselberg, participated in what prosecutors have described in their court documents as a scheme to reimburse Cohen for the $130,000 that he paid to Stormy Daniels. That thing is still circulating. Still circulating because apparently, you know, nobody ever really told the truth about what happened with that. So Cohen testified that Trump had an arrangement that went back more than 10 years with somebody named David Pecker, who's the CEO of American Media Incorporated, which publishes the National Enquirer. And all of this had to do with basically shutting down the story about Stormy Daniels. So I guess David Pecker paid her money to buy her story and then put it on a shelf to keep it from circulating. And I'm sure she was waiting to see, all right, yeah, they bought my story. It's going to come out any day now. And then it didn't happen. So... All of these people are basically a bunch of crooks, all in cahoots. Trump's calling the shots, and folk need to just get real about this. I don't know why they keep trying to act like this man got Teflon on him. He is not Teflon Don. And Cohen is now telling the truth because he's about to go to jail. So I guess he figured, I got nothing else to lose. Trump's not trying to protect me. Trump has kicked me to the curb, so I'm done protecting him. He even showed up at this hearing with checks. He had copies of the checks showing one dated back to August of 2017, which was seven months after Trump was sworn into office, that was written on Trump's personal bank account that showed Trump's signature, which we've all seen every time he signs some legislation, and he likes to show you, like, see what I did? It definitely had his signature on the check. That showed where he was reimbursing Cohen for the money that Cohen paid to Stormy Daniels. So, I mean, if you saw the testimony, you can see all the craziness. But 
If you missed it, I'm sure it's all over YouTube. You got to check out the stuff he was saying. Uh, they asked him, was there any wrongdoing or illegal acts that you are aware of regarding Donald Trump that hasn't been discussed? And he said, yes, but these are under investigation and I can't talk about it. And that's, that stuff's being investigated by the Southern District of New York. So Trump's got the District of New York crawling up his behind. He's got the congressional committees crawling up his butt. He got Mueller crawling up his butt. I don't know how he can even take a crap with all of this stuff crawling up his butt. But that's the deal. So check out uh, Cohen's testimony, and you can hear and watch all the craziness. But you would think that with all this information, it should be like a matter of time before Trump is going down. Now, we'll see if Teflon Don can slide out of this stuff. So half of the stuff, or most of the stuff, do you believe what he says, Red Wine? At this point, I believe Cohen, because mm -hmm. this is the M.O. of Trump. This is the kind of stuff that he does. Right. You know, Cohen was saying that there are some things that Trump never directed him specifically to lie or to do, mm -hmm. you know, certain things. But he was saying that Trump speaks in code. So it's certain mm -hmm. things that I Trump says that. or certain things, you know what that means. Mm -hmm. But see, Trump, Trump is a wannabe mafia gangster. So he's not going to mm -hmm. come right out and say, go kill so-and-so and hide the body under the boardwalk. He's sure. not going to say that. He's going to say, you need to make this problem go away. Right. So right. it's up to you to interpret what does that mean, make this problem right. go away, whether that means mm -hmm. pay off somebody, kill somebody, mm -hmm. you know, uh, ruin mm -hmm. somebody's reputation, whatever that means. If the boss said, make it go away, then it's up to you to interpret it. And then when the questions mm -hmm. come up, then the boss man can always say, I never said to pull the trigger or to kill anybody. Right. I just said you need to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. It's, um... That's a slippery <laughs> mess is what it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting to fear for um, uh, him now because he's just letting everything out. And who knows... Uh, your president may send out his goons to do his dirty work to to get rid of him, even if he goes to jail. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff going to go down in, in jail. You know, he might accidentally slip on a bar of soap, or he might accidentally hang himself, or you know, something crazy like that. Yeah, you're right. I've heard, I've heard of situations where people accidentally fell on a knife eight times. You know. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. What mm. you think, Bob? So what, yeah, I was, was going to ask you, what's, what's your take on this? I'll tell you, um, <clears throat> well, the main thing I'm seeing that really uh, that shows me that nothing's going to ever happen to Trump is the fact that when you go to a congressional hearing like that, they're supposed to ask questions to find out what was happening with what to get it from them and then, you know, draw their own conclusions at a later date once they get all the information from Cohen. 
but the Republicans were battling back at Cohen. That's not what you're supposed to do at a at a hearing. Right. You're supposed to just ask questions. But they were defending Trump. You know, people defend Trump like like Trump's going to look at the footage and give them a fucking ad- data boy at the end of the joint. You ever notice that? They defend Trump so strong that Trump's going to look at the footage and say, yeah, that's my man. That's my man from Missouri. That's my man. He's in my corner, blah, blah, blah. They're worried about that. So they they bend over backwards to defend his ass because they think it's for life and country and that old, that all white man fucking bullshit that they're defending. Well, what gets me, though, and like I always say, and this too will come to pass, you know what I mean? Trump is in his 70s, you know. Four years from now, this man will be a lot older. You know, different situations will transpire in his life. And, you know, they last forever. And like they say in the sports world, Father Time wins every fucking time. So despite how sly, slick, and wicked you think you are, Trump's ass is going to slow down. I'm not wishing no bad luck on him health-wise, but that ass is going to slow down after a while. Most men do, whether it's the prostate or, or whatever, you know, men got different ailments that just crop up on our ass after a while. You know what I mean? We start pissing okay. our pants. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm just saying, y'all. <laughs> yeah. He went, he, he well, went on left field on that one. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. That's what it is. That's what well, I'm is. saying. When we get when we get a certain age, we think we witty, but at the same time, we wearing a damn diaper. So you know what I mean. So he probably wins oh, one now. He's crazy. Okay, I'm 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 not so, gonna touch that. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get into this last hot topic. Well, well, well. Here we go again. Five major Catholic leaders taken down by the church sex abuse scandal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Pope Francis he just wrapped up his um, first ever Vatican summit on the sex abuse. Interesting where more than 175 bishops from around the world discussed the clergy sex abuse scandal and uh, how better to respond to the victims. So um, you have quite a bit, but these are the top ones here. Cardinal George Pell, the Pope's top financial advisor, was convicted this week of molesting um, two 13-year-old choir boys in the late uh, 1996. Wow. The church's third most powerful official, Pell, he is now 77, is the most uh, senior uh, Catholic uh, cleric ever charged with sex abuse. Mm-mm-mm. Also, um, William Lynn, he's the first senior official convicted in the U.S. for uh, covering up a sex abuse scandal while working at the um, Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He um, served for 33 months of a three- to six-year prison sentence. Then he was released in 2016 after the state Supreme Court vacated Lynn's child endangerment conviction, determining that jurors were um, prejudiced. Hmm, somebody got some big money. And also Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. He expelled by Francis after the church found him guilty of sexually abusing minors in adult seminaries over decades. Um, he's the first um, American cardinal to be removed from the priesthood. Hmm. 
So the move came after the church found by um, McCorkin, formerly the cardinal and archbishop of Washington, D.C., guilty of several crimes, including soliciting sex during confessions. Are you serious? Really? And also Cardinal Bernard Law, he's the former archbishop um, of Boston, uh, Law resigned from his um, position in December 2002 after the Boston Globe broke open the Catholic sex abuse scandal. Uh, the Globe's investigation proved Law had done little to uh, punish abusers and protect children despite extensive knowledge of sex abuse within his archdiocese. And uh, so they, it goes on to say two years after Law resigned from his position in Boston, Pope John II appointed him uh, archpriest of the Basilica di Santa Maria in Rome, an office that consisted mostly um the ceremonial duties and stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, he died in Rome in December of 2017. He was 68. Wow. So finally, the um, Pope is finally addressing these things that are coming up in the um, and these uh, priests and, and their abuses, and, I mean, that's a good thing, but it's just so many. It's just ridiculous. It's just crazy. Um, but at least they're finally, finally doing something about it. But those are the top five people. I mean, he's the third in line, this guy, George Pell. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. That's that hot topic. How do you feel about that real one? You know, this stuff disgusts me. You know, we talked about the nuns being raped by priests last week. Now we got these guys finally being busted. But that's just a part of probably a small percentage. There's a bunch of folks out there, not just in the Catholic Church and a lot of different churches and people that have nothing to do with churches. All of these people need to be brought to justice. I don't care whether you're in a church, out of church. If you're messing with kids, you need to be busted. That's how I feel about it. It disgusts me. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad that they're finally doing something about it because they were just sitting still for a minute. They weren't addressing yeah. the situation, you know. It was like they were turning a blind eye to what was going on. Yeah, and it's been so many people now speaking out. They can't do that anymore, so... Shout out to all the people who spoke out and said, okay, me too, me too, and me too. That's what made them say something and do something about it. It was all the people who started telling their story, saying, yeah, I was abused, I was raped, I was molested, all of that. If it wasn't for that, those folk would have stayed on the low, and nobody would have done anything about it. Yeah, you're that's right. Very you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. We commend those people that have come out and talked about it and, you know, gone through it, and we commend those people. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with some more good topics for you on the Hit It and Quit It headlines. And if you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 914-803-4306, and you can press 1. We'll be right back with the Hit It and Quit It, hot, uh, hit it and quit it headlines 
on a Pajama Party show. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the Pajama Party. www.apajamaparty.com Produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Don't just sit there yelling at the air. You've got an opinion? We want to hear it too. Dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves. We've got room for you at the pajama party. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now. 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows? Hi, welcome back to the pajama party. One of your Papa Didi and your kettle. Hello. Red one. Bonsoir, darling. Mm-hmm. And it is time for the hit it and quit it headlines on the Pajama Party Show. Uh, if you want to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 914-803-4306. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm going to kick it off and talk about the House Oversight Committee issued an ultimatum uh, to the White House. Wow. I guess they're feeling themselves. Chairman of the White House, uh, I'm sorry, of the House Oversight Committee issued a warning today to the White House Counsel Pat Cipollone. Sounds like a good Italian name. Cipollone demanding that the White House turn over documents and comply with interviews related to how did the White House handle security clearances for some of the president's closest advisors. You know who they're really looking for. They're trying to find out how did Jared Kushner get that uh, high-level clearance. Clearly he didn't qualify for one, but yet he got it. So Democrat, uh, Republican, I'm sorry, Representative Elijah Cummings of Maryland gave the White House Counsel's office until March 4th to comply with the request. He said, I am now writing a final time to request your voluntary cooperation with this investigation. And this letter came after the New York Times reported yesterday that the president personally intervened to secure his son-in-law, Jerry Kushner's, security clearance, despite concerns from career officials. Now, of course, the president has denied that he personally intervened, but, of course, what else would he say? Uh, And, of course, if this is true, this is going to raise questions about what kind of derogatory information was obtained about Jared Kushner to recommend possibly denying him access. So this is all going to hit the fan. You know, if you remember, there was some stuff about Jared Kushner had all this stuff that he didn't disclose on his application to get clearance, and every time something came up, he was disclosing more and more stuff. Every time a question came up, it was like, oh, I forgot to disclose this, and oh, I forgot to disclose that. You know, if that was anybody else, they would have said, okay, you can't get a clearance. He would not have had the access to the White House that he now has. Anybody else would have been shut down. But, you know, now they're saying that they think Trump 
is the one who put the pressure on the people to say, give this man his badge. I don't want to hear it. Give him his badge. I don't care what was on the paper. Give him his badge. So now the uh, the House committee is investigating this. And if they find out, I guess that, now that's the question. What if they find out that the only reason he got it is because Trump put pressure on people? Then what? That's really what it boils down to. You can do all the questions. Exactly. (laughs) You can do all this questioning, all this investigation, all of this whatever. Mm -hmm. And if your committee concludes that Jared Kushner should not have gotten the clearance, he didn't qualify for that kind of security clearance, and there was pressure from high above, meaning 45 or someone high, high up, to give this man a clearance, then what? And that's what nobody's saying. They're like, okay, we're going to get to the bottom of it. So my question is, okay, and when you do, then what? Whose head is going to roll over that? Nobody's and nothing going to be done. I think they just waste time with these committees. It's just a waste of taxpayers' money. It sure looks like. That's what, that's what, that's what pisses me off, you know. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, yeah, I've I seen mean, uh, I've seen the Mrs. Uh, Ivanka. I haven't seen her in a while. She um, was yeah, talking well, the know, other every day. Time she surfaces, every time she surfaces, uh-huh. she finds a way to put her foot in her mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's that, the current wife? His, Jerry Kushner's wife, Ivanka. Not Trump's wife. All right, that's all I got on that. I'm moving on. Uh, let's see, what else we got in here to include it? Well, I'll tell you what, though. Just to focus on that last story for a minute. The sad part about it is that when there was a, whenever there's an investigation, I don't, you know, I don't agree with what you said, Redwine, when you were saying that you know, Elijah Cummings is doing this and doing that. Why the hell does the black man got to put his fucking neck on the line for the bullshit? Well, he's the chair of the committee. Right. I don't know why. Right, that's true. Well, there's been a many a committee and a many, a many everything throughout the years, but it seemed like whenever somebody's trying to take somebody down, because, see, like you said, uh, Kettle, nothing's going to be done with this. You know why? Because when Elijah Cummings said we're going to get them to the fourth, that means that the people that was involved in giving him that clearance are working 24-7 to clean that shit up. And today's the first. They're right there. They're now. They're they're on the computers now trying to figure out the whole process and and make an alibi and how to come out with a statement or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you give somebody a date, oh, my God, if you're going to attack somebody, you got to attack them here and now. By the fourth, man, they had that stuff so cleaned up and how it went through and who did what. They already talking to the jokers that signed off on it, saying how can we fix this up or how can we, what are we going to say when, you know. I mean, it's just a, it's a mess. It's just, it's just, I mean, giving somebody a time frame to clean up their shit is almost like saying, go ahead and take your car to the car wash and wash off the evidence and we'll see you Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I don't know. 
crazy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, you're right crazy. about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're giving them time to clean up their act. And people yep. don't live for the day. People that are crooked are are, are hitting that keyboard 24-7. They're up at 2 o'clock in the morning to figure out what they're going to say. Everybody, we got we got till midnight Sunday to get this together and what we did with his clearance, yada, yada, yada. Who solved what? Man, please. Yeah. Some people got power and connections. Anyway. Hey, uh, Papa, you just reminded me of uh, Red Wine and, and my uh, favorite uh, show, Scandal. They used to do the same thing. Scandal mm-hmm. and um, How to Get clean Away up. with Murder. Yeah. Oh, clean yep. up. The clean yep. up is a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that company is so rich that with the green truck, Sir Pro? Ha! You kidding me? They get they get more money from the insurance company than anybody. Oh wow! The insurance oh, company pay them jokers first with them big green trucks. They come in and have well, nah, give us fifteen thousand. They come in there and just do everything. <laughs> tear out the carpet, tear out the floor, tear out the walls. Mm-hmm. They get paid anyway. <laughs> Virginia's first lady. Now is this the, the guy with the uh, Northam? Is this his wife? Yeah, that's his wife. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Virginia's yeah. uh, first lady. I now, man. When did she get spent in the mix? Man, between <laughs> the lieutenant, the lieutenant, the governor, Ooh. and the governor. Hell, if I was her, shoot, I'd be at I'd be at Chevy's drinking fucking margaritas, saying I'm gonna catch up with y'all. I wouldn't even be messing with them right now. Yeah. All right. Well, Virginia's first lady, Pam Northam, whose husband, Governor Robert Northam, has been has seen his, his grip of his office threatened by. Uh, charges of racism, find itself under fire from a parent after she handed after she handed cotton to some black students and asked them to think about what it was like to be enslaved. Now, what the hell? It never am. What the hell does a fucking cotton ball make you think when it feels? Mm. See, you can't even get the words. Yeah, but what I'm there's no well, words for that. The comparison of this is what do you do, what kind of example do you give a Jewish child to remind them of the Holocaust? Hmm. What the fuck, what, what the hell can you come up with that? See, they think everything with black people is so goddamn simple. So simple. Here's a fucking comparison. Here's a sense that every, everybody knows what black folks been through. Deep down inside, people don't give a shit about black people only because they never had to. Why would you begin to concern yourself with something you never had to be concerned with before? And every group of people all over the world are warned about black people as soon as they're old enough to walk and talk. Yeah. When you come to America, blah, 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 and watch black people. When you do this here, watch black people. We are the most uh, scrutinized race of people on the planet. And everybody, and this is how they were raised, so... When you see somebody with a swastika and they're only 15 years old, hell, somebody dipped them in that cesspool of hatred. Right. What are you doing 15 years? So, this whole story is a mess because, like I said, the one thing I would say to her, if I had to talk to her or interview her, I would say, now, if you're going to if you're going to come across the children of Holocaust survivors, now, what would you do? What would you tell them? To imagine the Holocaust, what the hell would you do with them? Lock them in a, in a fucking basement or something, and cut the light out? What, what would you do? I don't even know. What is your example on that one? But blacks, we always, you know, 
So what? I'm leaving well, that alone. Let me ask a question. Did she give the cotton to all the kids or just the African-American kids? Apparently it's the African-American kids, but it seemed like just that one parent took issue on it because of, when the kid came home, the parent is probably saying, what? What happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. She claimed that it was just those two black kids because they were standing closest to her. Oh, give so me a she, freaking break. Are you out. serious? Oh, so what did she do? She put the cotton, did she put the cotton in her pocket first thing in the morning? Knowing that was going to be her move she was today? Doing, she was doing a tour of the governor's mansion, which apparently there's like a slave building or something still on the grounds, and she was showing them this is where the slaves used to be. Yeah, all that shit. And all here's the- some cotton, and then she hands it to these black children. Mm. So I don't know what that was about. And the sad part but about it is, it is the kids don't know what what the – representation of is as far as cotton. They just thought that, okay, uh, this governor's wife, which is, quote-unquote, supposed to be important, she gave me a piece of cotton. So they go home, run home, mommy, daddy, um, sudden such gave me a piece of cotton. They're like, a piece of cotton? What the hell? You know, the the parents probably went off. The kids probably had no inkling of what she did. Well, let let me say this here, Kettle. I deal this uh I I I I deal with younger people all the time on my job, okay? Mhm. Thirty year olds ain't got a fucking clue about slavery. Some of them. Know what I mean? Wow. Wow. That's that's rough. <laughs> so when you knock it down nothing. to an eight, nine year old, what kind of results you expect to get from an eight or nine year old? When you got you ever, you ever see late night shows when well Jay Leno does it, um, the other guy uh, on ABC what's his name? Uh, ABC. Yeah. Oh, Kimmel. Um, Kimmel does it uh-huh. where they go in the corner and talk about stuff to different people. Mm-hmm. The friend of the, the friend of our show was on there. Uh, Lena Chanel. She was on there. Mm-hmm. Corner corner question. Oh, yeah, like interviewing people. Interviewing on people in the corner. And they say some stuff to young people that goes over their head so high, it's crazy. Right. Remember Jay Little did it all the time. He was the king of it. Yeah. Who does right. stuff? And they'd be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh. You know, like what was George Washington's last name? Or, right, you know, but that's what I'm yeah. saying about these kids. They they ran home and said, Mommy, Daddy, they you know, the lady gave me a piece of cotton. And mm-hmm. that's when the parents got upset. So the kids didn't have no inkling. They thought it was probably the best thing since sliced bread. They didn't know. But as soon as the parents got a whiff of it, they said, okay, F that. <laughs> all bets are all. They're going to give my black child a piece of cotton. You know, mm-hmm. so. Talking about close yeah. your eyes and imagine what it was like to be enslaved. Really? And this but is she may not have directed it to those thing. individuals. She may have just sent it to everybody. But the fact is, she gave the piece of cotton to the black kids. You know, only yeah. What was the know. purpose? Right. So you know, I don't know. Just, just but ignorant. But, but you know what, though? But I tell you, let me tell you. I'm gonna tell you. When it comes to slavery duties. Mm-hmm. Cotton was like fucking the half a percentile. 
of the of the duties of 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 man when they got done cooking and cleaning and washing their ass and clean their funky outhouses and everything else. I mean, this was cheap, free labor to do whatever mm-hmm. needs to be done. Picking mm-hmm. cotton, that was out in the field. You, they had a group of people that did that that they knew that they deemed specialized in that because that was a chore that had to do with uh, agricultural gain, competition amongst other farmers, mm-hmm. things like that. Who can get their cotton to the gin the fastest to get paid money in order to, keep, cool. to get, make real mm-hmm. money to pay the real bills? But then slaves did a thousand other chores around the damn, uh, around the plantation. So that was only 1%. What makes you think that cotton was the biggest chore that, that slaves had? They did mm-hmm. everything and anything you can imagine to be done. Everything. Mm-hmm. From white to ass. Now, right. you know, but I think crazy. nowadays we are, we are so sensitive to everything that is done <laughs> as far as back in that time period. You know, you you know. I'm not but saying I'm on the, a sense, but she it, was very. It, in, I think she was insensitive, or she was just ignorant as far as the fact. No, right. You know, just something but she should have never done. It's a non-imaginable vision to even mm-hmm. think that you got the right as a modern day person to think that you can go into history with the palm of your white hand and grab some type of some some type of aspect of slavery and present it to black people and act like you you're the facilitator of of some kind of information. That shit is so past your ass. First of all, your husband's on the fence for being a fucking racist. Mm-hmm. You guys almost got ousted out, out of a job. And then you got the lieutenant governor who got his ass on the fence and this is Virginia for God's sake. So right, but I think you, it, it, it's, it's, I think they're they're showing their true color who they really are. But they just ignorant mm-hmm. to the fact of, you know, you being very insensitive to quote unquote blacks. So you, you know, you well, they never had to back. deal with. They never had to deal with blacks so upfront and per, so up close and personal. Now sure. the black people see see the sad part about it, and I, I'm going to talk about it in in what's popping. Believe me, I'm going I'm going to say some some. I'm going. I'm gonna raise the roof. Uh oh. Uh oh. But Uh-oh. Um, all I'm saying is that you know. It's it's a deep situation. I think that what I'm what I'm gonna say tonight is gonna be a lesson for everybody, and I think everybody need to take heed to it. Okay, and, and well, we'll get into great, it. This, yeah. this story here was a great segue on mm-hmm. going forward of how black people need to roll when they step out their front door. Anyway, wow. I'm just gonna I, say on that. Okay. Okay. Well, let me let me get on this. These last two hit it and quit it, so we can keep moving. Um, Matt Gates. Or cats or gats under investigation by Florida State Bar over Michael Cohen threat. So the Florida Bar has opened an investigation to whether Representative Matt Gates um, violated professional conduct rules by threatening he was he threatened former Trump fixer Michael Cohen and have ahead of Cohen's congressional testimony. So the organization which licensed lawyers to practice in the state would not disclose details of the investigation, but the spokesperson, Francis Walker, said the bar is quite aware of um, Gates' comments, and uh, we have opened an investigation. Here we go, investigation. Um, 
if rules have been violated, the Florida Bar will vigorously pursue appropriate discipline by the Florida uh, Supreme Court. So uh, Gates, he's a licensed Florida attorney and and ally of uh, President Donald Trump. He came under fire on um, Tuesday for a tweet that appeared to threaten Cohen with personal retribution over his testimony, which alleged that um, Trump is is a racist and and, um, a con man who participated in criminal activities. Right. So the tweet goes on to say, it says, hey, Michael Cohen, 212, Gates wrote in a uh, since-deleted tweet, um, do your wife and father-in-law know about your girlfriends? He also goes on to say, maybe tonight would be a good time for that chat. I wonder if she'll remain faithful when you're in prison. She's about to learn about a lot. I'm like, okay, he he put he's putting yeah. all that out. Yeah, now isn't that crazy? So, yeah, yeah, it is. That's so crazy. Truly, I mean, let he without sin cast the first stone. You yes. know, and what the hell makes Gates a prayer book? Yeah, it, it, it's so, so sad. It's so sad because these people. I'm telling you, these people kettle. They knew each other before before everything blew up in their face. They were all friends. Mm-hmm. They all hung out together. Gates, Trump, Cohen, you know what I mean? They all sat back and mm-hmm. drank beer and whiskey and shot pool and messed with women and all that jazz. Now they got nerve to throw mud at each other? Really? Yeah. Let yeah. he without sin cast the first stone. All y'all jokers is full of crap. And, and now then my thing is, this, this, this investigation, they just waste and taste taxpayers' money again. You mm-hmm. know? It's, it's that is going to show you the loyalty, the loyalty that Gates has for Trump because he wants to continue to kiss Trump's ass, mm-hmm. you know. But 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 all this is going to come to pass because if Trump ever get locked in with something big, they all going to flee from his ass. They just oh, trying. Sure. They think that he got the power and the strength because he's president and all that. But let him slip on a real banana pill. Let us something oh, really go down. Because, you know, in life, stuff can go down because I'm going to tell you, if you think back, if you can get rid of Nixon, you can get rid of Trump. Okay? All right, man. See, the problem, All right, the, 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 reason, the reason why Nixon went down, though, is because Harlickman, Ehrlichman, Mitchell, and Dean got mm-hmm. together and said, uh-uh, I'm tired of fucking with him. Mm-hmm. And those four lawyers got together, but see, Trump... Pulls people in and out like, like you know, like battleship pegs on that damn game. One come out, then you're going to plug in, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Another come out, you plug in somebody else. Trump be just right. unplugging and plugging people. How many people he had he lost since the election? That's true. How many yeah. people just re- resigned? Look at, look, at the, <laughs> look at the chief of staff. Chief of staff that got rid of, the chief of staff that got rid of Amarosa, he's gone his damn self. How are you going to get rid of Am- Amorosa in September and then fucking leave in November your damn self? Wow. Oh, man. That's crazy. That uh-huh. is crazy. Uh, well, I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm going to give this last hit and quit it. Now, this is crazy. I think this should have been on the uh, weird news. But anyway, he went viral for buying out a Girl Scout cookie stand. Now he faces federal judge charges. A man who gained internet fame earlier this week for spending more than $500 on Girl Scout cookies was arrested on Tuesday on federal drug charges. 
Dietrich Lee McGowan posed for a photo with a group of Girl Scouts who were selling cookies outside of a Bilo grocery store in um, Malden, South Carolina. He bought out their entire supply and um, said he wanted to help the girls get out of the cold and rainy weather. In a social media post, um, Kayla Dillard, who manages the um, cookie sales for the troop, describes the exchange and, and included a photo of McGowan posing with the two girls. Um, before the post was deleted, it had been shared over 5,000 times. So this guy's name, he's named on the street as Fat, F-A-T. He was indicted, an indictment filed on February 19th states McGowan, who is known as Fat, is one of several suspects in an ongoing drug investigation that dates back to 2016. Wow. And the indictment, he is charged with conspiracy to distribute heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl, racketeering, and conspiracy to defraud the United States. I'm like, come on now. Why would you go, you know? Yeah, how, how, would you you how would you give your real name? How would you give your name? They don't know. They know his name. He volunteered his right. name. Right, and you out there posing. He's not pictures. wearing no name tag on his oh, damn coat. But you know what? I'm but right. here, here's the thing, though. But here's the thing, though. Now, too, you said the, you said the key word in there on why they going after why they went after him because uh-huh. of one of the drugs that he's pushing. Okay, fentanyl. Okay. When, when you when you say right when you say fentanyl or fentanyl, however you pronounce it. That is a drug. That is a drug that that white folks are trying to get off the street because it's killing their votes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The people that vote for them are on that shit, and they're they're feeling like when they OD and stuff like that. You know they 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 got all these different elections rigged up for different uh, areas and stuff like that. They rigged it all up, but now in the little white mm-hmm. towns that they protected it's all Republicans. Forty percent of them are on drugs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now they're not right. cooking meth in the garage, but they're doing, you know, dealing fentanyl. fentanyl on the corner. Fentanyl now is becoming a bigger, a bigger trade than than cocaine. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. people ain't putting Dallas and uh, Viagra on the street like that. That's another yeah, hot topic. I'm telling you, man, it's true. You, you got to. There's a lot of stuff, man. If people if people ain't aware of all this stuff going on, they still really need to wake up. Well, you need to put him on the mm-hmm. kiss it list for being stupid. Yeah, here my name is. Da, 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 da. Yeah, let me take really, a picture man? with you. How stupid! All you had to do was get them girls the, the money and keep them moving. You're <laughs> trying to get fame on TV and become a six o'clock news celebrity, knowing damn well they got warrants for your ass in the fucking police station. What the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird news there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think Lord. that could have been a weird one. Uh-huh, for sure. Mm-mm-mm. All right, we're going to keep moving. We're going to take a break. Uh, we can take a quick break, and then we can come back with our little-known black history facts, or you want to keep moving? No, matter. All right, well, you up, Papa Didi. Little-known black history facts. Uh, let's see, who do you have for us tonight? Let's see, Papa Didi, who you got? I got a... Come on now, who you got? Hattie McDaniel. Uh-uh. 
You already said you had too many cocktails over there. What's going on? <laughs> I haven't even started. Okay. I've been eating peanuts and all kind of crap. Anyway, <laughs> Hattie McDaniel was uh, able to uh, carve out a piece of herself in Hollywood despite uh, rampant racism uh, in the uh, consignment of uh, this part. She paved the way for many African-American women but not without her fair share of uh, obstacles. Her performance as Manny in Gone with the Wind, 1939, won her Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars that year. However, the national uh, movie premiere was in Atlanta because of Georgia's uh, Jim Crow law. She was prohibited from attending the event. That's messed up. Unbelievable. Okay. Hattie Wilner star in over 300 films, uh, was inducted into the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame in 2006 and was the first Oscar Oscar winner to appear on the poster stamp. Hmm. Despite her unique success, her choices uh, insofar as uh, Tia Eni in roles were often uh, criticized. The NAACP said Hollywood's role for African Americans were narrowed to servants and characters whose main purpose was being uh, comically shown and dim-witted, but uh, Hattie was critical for selling for lesser roles than uh, her white colleagues. Despite this, Hattie went on to have a stellar career. And that's Hattie McCoy, who was the maid in Gone with the Wind. Hattie who? Oh, Hattie McDaniel. What I say, McCoy? Oh. <laughs> okay, Hattie McDaniel. Uh, uh, All right. Uh. Yeah, he's cut off. Okay, uh, I've yeah. got Dr. Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler. She was the first black woman in America to earn a medical degree. Uh, wow. She also published a book called Medical Discourses, where she basically documented health situations pertaining to women, but not just black women, all women. She was born in 1831, and by the age of 21, she moved to Charlestown, Massachusetts, where she worked as a nurse for eight years. Um, let's see, by 1860, she had applied to the New England Female Medical College and was accepted. And four years later, she received her degree of doctress in medicine, mm-hmm. oh. becoming the oh, 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 oh. first and only first and only black graduate. Her accomplishment wow. is even more impressive when you consider that. Of the 54,543 physicians in the United States in 1860, only 300 were women, and none of them were black except for her. By 1869, she returned to Boston where she treated poor women and children from her home before turning her attention to her book, which was a work based on journal notes that she had kept during her years of practice. She covered topics from everything from breastfeeding and dietary guidelines to the treatment of measles, burns, and cholera. Her book was a general study on womanhood and did not follow the traditional practices of segregating black women and their health from white women's health. And that is Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler, first black woman in America to earn a medical degree. I know that's right. What did it say? It was it it was she received it from. She received her degree from the New England Female Medical College. 
Josh uh, Gibson would hit. I don't even know that name. Josh Gibson would hit home runs, yeah, swinging the bat with one hand. I thought you were gonna say Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. Or no hell no. Okay. Well, we have a caller, so I'm responsible. Hank Aaron's responsible for keeping uh, Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Yes, he Uh is. Uh Oh, 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 oh. Okay. All right. Well, we won't go there. Uh, Okay, we'll put him on there. Caller, you're on the Pajama Party Show. Welcome aboard. Go right ahead with your comment. Caller, go right ahead. Hello. Yes, nobody's there. Okay. I guess they weren't ready to talk. All right. Uh-uh. Well, that's interesting. You said so he was the one that kept Barry Bonds out of the Hall he's of Fame? He's the one that's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. And this is who? Barry. Hank Aaron? Hank Aaron. Hell yeah. He's is horrible. he still living? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you See, want Barry to Bonds, and that put a rift between Hank Aaron and, and Willie Mays. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays mm-hmm. came up together, but Willie Mays is Hank is Barry Bonds' godfather. Oh, okay. So oh. Hank Aaron, being he was the first one to break the home one record, and he claimed that that Barry Bonds was on steroids and all this crap. So, but Hank Aaron lives up there in Atlanta with his little Uncle Tom ass. Anyway, alrighty. All right. He's, he's just pissed off because somebody broke his record by leaps and bounds. You know, I think, I think he broke. Uh, Hank Aaron broke Bay's Roof record with 715. Bay Roof had 714. And I think mm-hmm. Hank Aaron ended up with like maybe 735. But you got uh, Barry Bonds got about 830. So he took him over. Oh, but he's saying but steroids. Yeah, went steroids. Yeah, so. but you got to hit the damn ball. I don't give a fuck what you want. If you can hit that bat with a damn ball, shit, I think it's a hit. <laughs> Shoot. You could be on whatever you want. But if somebody throw that ball at 100 miles an hour, you still hit it, then you're good. Okay. Anyway, all right. Well, you, while you got the mic, you want to go ahead into what's popping? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Give me a little disclaimer because I'm I'm about to go in. Oh boy. I'm about to go in. We haven't had to do that for a minute. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Well, we're gonna go ahead and do that real quick. Uh, let's see. Let's give Papa Didi a disclaimer so we don't get into any kind of trouble. The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. All right, go for it. What you got? All right, now that I got everybody's attention. All right, now. Starting tomorrow morning, right? When you go out of the house tomorrow morning or tonight, whenever you go out from now on, okay? If you're a person of color, Mostly a man, but I would say it's almost for everybody. Just remember who and what you are, okay? Because the rest of the world knows. Every country around the world, no matter where it is, Middle Eastern, um, Saudi Arabia, India, Guatemala, Pakistan, no matter where they go, they're always informed that when you get to America, watch out for black people. That is a word on the street. That is what is taught. That's why when people see us, they they avoid and evade us. They have been so stirred up and and, and crooked out with different looks of politicians. Why do you think politicians wear these ties every day and have these haircuts and these different images they project? I was in a train station the other day, and I saw a white guy in there who was homeless. And this motherfucker had on a suit jacket. 
Okay? I didn't realize he was homeless. I looked down at his feet and saw the shoes totally busted open and fucking green toes sticking out of it. But he had had his hair combed back with some type of mousse on it. And he had a suit jacket on with some type of polo shirt. So from the top end, he looked like you would look at the anchors on the news, you know? You never know an anchor. An anchor on the news could be butt-ass necker from the waist down. You never know it. And this is how this guy was in the train station. Until, like I said, I looked down, I saw his his, his whole his feet was decaying and shoes all fucked up. But up top, I said, wow, look at that. Which shows the image that they have projected through the years, that they're still covering that and holding that in the homeless time. They're still holding on to what it takes to manipulate America. I'm going to give you another example. I was in a liquor store a couple of days ago. I go in there, and, and a Spanish lady walks in. No particular age, you know. She walks in. Now, I'm standing in front of the freeze looking and seeing what the particular 12-pack I wanted to buy. She's looking for Corona, of course, Okay. So I was, I was obviously standing in front of the, the Corona door, but it was other beers in there. This woman stopped right in front of me, just like like I wasn't even standing there. And I'm damn near, you know, six feet, 250 goddamn pounds. I know you saw my big black ass. Stopped right in front of me, then had the nerve to turn around and ask the gentleman behind the counter right in front of my face, where's the Corona golden, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. Right in my face. And I'm saying, I want to say, bitch, get the fuck out of my way. I'm standing here long before you even, I saw you when you came in the front door. You stopped in front of me, turned around, looking for customer service, yelling at the guy behind the counter right in front of me like I didn't even exist. And I'm saying to myself, boy, we are some invisible motherfuckers. Where people, like I said, in Pakistan, you name it, Guatemala, Mexico, you name it. The word on the street is that when you see black people, you ain't got to give a fuck about them. That's their thought process. So I say to you black people, starting tomorrow morning, go out there knowing what the hell people are thinking about you. Knowing how people feel about you and play it accordingly. Stop being so, you know, step and fetch it. Stop being so hospitable so I am so I know what your parents taught you and do that to people who give a shit about you but stop trying to overhelp motherfuckers because sometimes they know that's what we do because they know our history so they'll play on you they'll play on you to be so so nice and so gentle do this open the door hold it yeah that's just how I was raised we know how you were raised but don't be taken advantage of. Let's give an example, okay? <clears throat> little example. The time frame when they were following black folks around the convenience store. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. They probably still exist, but remember when it was popular to follow the kids and black people around the Rite Aid or CVS? Remember the security guard will follow you from aisle to aisle. Now, if they're doing that, if you're a little white lady, let's say mid-60, early 70s, or mid-50, early 60s, now, wouldn't it be advantageous to you 
to go in that same Rite Aid, whisper to the closed-minded fucking security guard, there's some kids in the back of the store. I think they're stealing something. All right? Now, that security guard is going to bust his ass getting to the back of that store. Now, you, with little old lady, with your fucking big empty-ass fucking shopping bag, can rip that store off fucking blind. And that's what they were doing over and over again. While they were watching black people, white folks was in them stores stealing them blind. Because we have to understand, too, let's go back to how we are, how we were raised, how nice we are, how open-minded we are, how hospitable we are. But white folks, some people wasn't raised like that. Their parents taught them to get what you can get. Do what you got to do. Just pass it. Just get by. There's no grade average on the bottom of your degree. Just get that degree, yada, yada, yada. And I don't know if they just said that aggressive, but that's the order of the day in most people. Most black people sit down and try to do the best they can on the test. If some people know that test is just to be passed in order to get forward to what you're trying to get, fuck it, I'm going to just pay. I'm gonna cheat if I have to. You look in colleges and all these different Ivy League colleges, you think these motherfuckers are that smart? No, hell no. The internet now, the phone, all kind of crap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People wrote the book on that stuff, cheating and stuff like that. So I'm, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but let me just get back to this. Know that we are marked people coming in the door, and I'm not saying this to be radical. I'm not saying this to be no, you know, put a put a fucking red, black, and green sign on your damn on your headband. I'm just saying the fact that the lowest scale person in the world feels like they're above the black people. So please, when you go out in society, watch your back. Use your peripheral vision. Let people go ahead of you when you're in a store. Don't be don't be hostile or anything. Go take your time. When you go in a place, somebody jump in front of you, don't worry about it. Cause see, when you go off, you're gonna be the marked person. Cause soon as we go off on something now, we're the angry black person. So we gotta be cool. We need to go there, take our time with everything we do from when we leave out the front door to when we go in the house at the end of the day. We cannot be hostile. That shit will get us fucking killed. It's so sad to show how much people are shaking us down every day, trying to wonder who and what we are. They will dance to our music. They will do this, do that, do that to get what they can get. You know, the average white guy today, he needs to learn about 40% of black dialogue in in order for him to get some pussy from black women. So you see white guys all the time. Hey, what's up? Hey, girlfriend. Be ba boo ba ba ba. He needs to know forty percent of black dialogue in order to make his game. Does he give a fuck about black people? Hell no. But he knows what it takes to make the black girl laugh. So like I said, I'm just throwing bits and pieces out there to show you that I experience this as a black man every day. There's a lot of manipulative bullshit out there on our behalf. People learn from us live from us, they dress like us, they learning shit every single day. We wear common shit, next you know somebody wearing it to be cool. You got a woman who may be a up, upper management on a job, she's asking a girl in the mail room, where'd you get that outfit at, girl? Just just casually, she tells her, now she buying the outfit to wear on her off time, but she got that from the little black girl in the mail room who dresses her ass off. So, I'm just saying, no What's going on in that world? Listen with the third ear. See with the third eye. That's all I got to say. All right, now. Thank you, Papa Didi.
And that's what's popping for the night. Wow. That was a lot of info. Good info. Appreciate it. Right, we're going to take a quick CC break, and then we're going to lighten it up and come back with the weird news on the Pajama Party Show. And uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 914-803-4306. You can press 1 if you want to get in on the conversation. If you're on the line, just go ahead and press 1. And uh, let's see, any other announcements? Anything else? All right, we'll be right back. How you doing? I'm Papa Didi, one of the hosts of the Pajama Party. And I'm here to uh, introduce you to two of the segments I have on the Pajama Party. One is called What's Poppin' with Papa Didi, and the other one's called Living for the City. What's popping is maybe a topic that really popped at me that week about something really going on that's serious. And on Living for the City, I talk about stuff that has to do with the inner city, the suburban life. And life as we know it, as far as the hood is concerned, and everything thereof. Because as War said, the whole world is a ghetto. So we'll talk about all that. So join me, Papa Didi, every Friday for my two segments of What's Poppin' and Living for the City. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. My name is Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. And what time is it, Papa Didi? Mm-hmm. What time is it? I mean, what's the time Amazon. for? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about what she says. I know. That's why I say let me clarify. I don't mean what time mm. is it. What What is it time for? I think it's time for you to go get a pedicure because you got some hammer toes over there. And see, nobody oh, asked you no. all that. <laughs> And why are you looking at my toes? I can use it. I can. Uh-oh, see? Your foot freak would be looking at toes. I can use her Uh-oh. toes to hammer Anyway, toes. it's time for to the weird. It's, gonna weird. it's time for the weird news. So I'm going to kick it off. Talk about weird news. Let's talk about crab legs. The claws are out. A fight for crab legs at an Alabama buffet turned into a wild mm-hmm. brawl. We're hungry. <laughs> Man, this is crazy. That's a damn shame. Hungry diners jousted with tongs and smashed plates, mm-hmm. and it ended with two crabby customers in handcuffs. Tensions <laughs> at the Meteor Buffet mm-hmm. restaurant in Huntsville boiled over Friday when the customers waited in line for at least 10 minutes for the crab legs to hit the smorgasbord. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then all of them scuttled to serve themselves, police said. Mm-hmm. They've been waiting mm-hmm. there for the crab legs for a good 10 or 20 minutes. And when they finally came out, everything got heated, especially if someone is taking more than their fair share, said the police officer, Gerald Johnson, who happened to be eating at the restaurant when the clash occurred. Mm-hmm. There's a woman who's beating a man. People are moving around. Plates are shattering everywhere. Johnson said the seafood-centric skirmish sounded like a sword fight as the crustacean-craving combatants turned service tongs into weapons. It's not something you typically hear. If you can imagine a fencing match, he told the local news outlet. Cops arrested customers John Chapman and Chiquita Jenkins. Oh, there we go. 
question was, what was the racial mix <laughs> of that That's what I wanted to know. I said, you know what? You ain't going to finish this story, Red Wine, well, let me tell unless you. you tell me the racial mix. Let me tell mix. you. What had happened was, okay. John Chapman was an older white man. No, of course. And in his mugshot, he had a Band-Aid on his head. Yeah, because Shaquita whooped his ass. Shaquita Jenkins, her hair was standing straight <laughs> up, and she looked like, ah. yeah, come on. Hit me. Hit me. I did so, oh my but God. but what gets me? But what gets me, audience, is that them damn Asians give out the skinniest <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> crab legs you can find. You ever see them damn things? They, they, buy, they, they buy look those like my baby fingers. They buy those malnourished. Yeah, those, those crabs got their diabetes ridden. I mean, it's crazy. This place was charging ten fifty eight a plate. These people oh stood in God. line between ten to twenty minutes waiting on crab legs. And when they came out and they didn't go long enough, little in the line, skinny ass, little waterlogged ass crab, fighting up in there. So Mr. Chapman, who suffered a cut on his head, that's why he had that band aid. Lord Hammer. Was charged with disorderly conduct, and Shaquita Jenkins was charged with third degree assault. Woo! Damn, <laughs> Shaquita. Shaquita was lighting them up. Should have put the tongs down. Mm-hmm. No, boy. I'm going to light them up because I came here for some crab legs. And I'm going to get my crab legs. Mm-mm. So what did the Asians oh, only have to say about it? Nothing. I guess they would like, call the cops, get these folk out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably what they did. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, I got one. A uh, man delivering food allegedly dips testicles in salsa over... Uh, low tip. As a Tennessee oh man to oh double God. dipping to another level while delivering food from a Mexican restaurant. Howard Matthew Webb, he's 31, is accused of putting both his testicles in a customer's salsa container ordered last month from a Maryville establishment. The Knoxville News uh, Sentinel reported he was arrested on Friday after a 14 second video surface of his revenge against a low-paying customer. Police uh-huh. said Webb was a passenger yes. in the vehicle when the um, order was delivered. Um, and um, independent contractor with um, diner, with the diner uh, delivered, an online meal ordering service. The driver alleged, um, allegedly filmed Webb placing his testicles in the customer's salsa. And posted a video saying, "This is what you get when you get a 89 cent um, tip for an almost 30 minute drive." Webb is her is he, he says, "Oh, oh, it feels good." The rest warrant said the video to the um, began to circulate online, and um, dinner delivered notified authorities. Police arrested Webb to charge him with um, adult, adulteration of food. He remained in jail on a forty-five thousand dollar bond. Are you serious? Oh my God! I'm telling you, the laws they have in these different states is crazy. Forty-five thousand. Yeah, forty-five thousand dollar bond. Yep, 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 yep. I hope he felt real good because he gonna pay for that. I know that's right. 
crazy. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whew. All right. Okay. What else we got in the weird news, Papa Didi? I got a man in gorilla suit breaks in a home. Man in a gorilla suit. Oh man. Okay. And uh, what happened there? Man in gorilla suit breaks into home. Police say a man wearing a gorilla, a gorilla suit broke into Louisiana home and hid under a mattress before officers arrested him. Wow. News uh, outlets quote that uh, Suffolk Police Department uh, spokesman Mel Mel Esses in Thursday's report said saying that the officer saw uh, Jeremy Morgan walking through the yard in the costume. They have received calls about a suspicious person looking in the homes. As it said that uh, Morton ran into the homes as officers approached, but was discovered hiding. He was jailed on charges, including resisting an officer, unauthorized entry, and uh, a mass possession of uh, wearing a mask. In Louisiana, a person convicted of wearing a mask in public can be sentenced to three years in prison at most. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So he was robbing houses dressed like a gorilla. Did he not think that was fucking obvious or, or what? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Okay. Whew. Okay, sorry. I lost my composure with messing with this weird news. This stuff is crazy. I just can't get that vision out of my head that this man in a gorilla suit was going around in people's backyards peeping in windows. Did you not think that that would look weird? Like nobody would notice? Like, uh, there's a gorilla peeping in people's windows. Somebody call a cop. Or animal rescue, or somebody. <laughs> now, that would have been funny. Somebody called animal rescue. That would have been a good one, truly. Mm. Oh my goodness! All right. All right. Let me recompose myself. All right. Yes, um, please do. Okay. Sorry, I slipped. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm going to go right into. I'm just saying. Because I'm going to talk about these apologies. You know, we keep hearing people say, do stuff, and then they apologize. And it seems like we're supposed to just, you know, accept it. And uh, I can only speak for me, but I'm tired of it. So tonight I'm just saying, you know, it's becoming a regular event to hear some grown person who should know better apologizing for something ignorant or racist or sexist, or insensitive that they have either said or done almost every day of the freaking week. I'm just saying, you can keep your apology. I am so tired of hearing politicians, people in power, entertainers, etc., apologizing for stupid things that they say. So here's a tip for you all. How about think before you act or speak? And maybe you can avoid 
doing things like giving children, black children, cotton while talking about slavery or concocting slavery games about the Underground Railroad for Black History Month where you have black children acting like runaway slaves. Clearly, these people could not have thought these winning ideas all the way through. Or if they did, the alternative is that they're just outright racist slugs and their apologies ring as hollow as they sounded when they said it. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying, you can keep those apologies. I've even heard men who plot and kill their wives so that they can be with their new side piece tell everybody how sorry they are after they get busted. But in reality, you're not sorry about what you did. You're sorry that you got busted. So all you folks that are killing your wives, women that are killing your husbands so you can be with somebody else, we don't need your apologies. They have no value. So what's the point? And to all those people who keep showing up to harass black people for walking, napping, shopping, barbecuing, going in or out of the apartment building, using the phone, breathing, existing, any other daily activity that compels you to call 911 and then later issue an apology, please keep it. Save yourself the trouble and the energy because nobody wants to hear it. The most recent one that I heard was a biracial couple was taking photos of their baby daughter when this so-called white woman who was a socialite, so she says, called the cops or threatened to call the police on these people, biracial couple, because they were taking photos of their daughter for her birthday. And she was saying, you on private property, and she was smacking at their camera, all this crazy stuff, talking about she's going to call the police, etc. And, of course, you know what she did later. Issued an apology to make it all better. And to that, I'm just saying, you can keep your apology. You spoke from your heart. You said exactly what you said because it was what you felt. So don't apologize because if that's who you really are, woman up, man up, and own it. And that goes for all those politicians and public figures who do and say stuff, (laughs) and then they want the public to forgive them. Because when they realize how stupid it was to say or do it, whatever the case, now they want everybody to forgive them and give them a second, third, fourth chance. Those useless apologies do not erase the venom that you spat when you verbally accosted somebody. So why should a fake apology erase it? I know we're supposed to forgive, but here's the thing. I don't forgive. I'm just saying, if you think twice and speak once, maybe we won't have to hear all these lame apologies so much. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, you can keep your apologies because our shelves are full from the ones we heard last week and the week before and the week before and the week before. You get the picture. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I heard that. You know, I'm trying to keep my graceful nature, but this mess makes me want to just curse somebody out, you know? 
I'm like, how many times are y'all going to say this stuff, curse them, do this crazy stuff, say things, and then, oh, I'm so sorry, I apologize. Like that mm-hmm. heifer from Harford County in Maryland that referred to PG County as those those niggas in Prince George's County or that nigga county, mm-hmm. however she phrased it. And then it when she got nice. busted, oh, I, I apologize. And when mm-hmm. somebody brought it up to her again, I, I already apologize. People calling for her to resign. She was like, no, I'm not resigning. I already apologize. I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. See, that's how they really feel. I'm sick of that bull crap. Yeah. And that reminds me, mm-hmm. I need to find her name and put her on the kiss it list. Half Enough is enough. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just saying. All right. Well, All right. If, if you guys want to get in a conversation, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306, and press 1. Um, okay. We're going to take, take a little CC break after that. <laughs> um, I, I, I can go right into mine. Because... Papa said he's ready, okay. so let's let him go. All right. All right, well, come on. Because just like come I on. said, just like I said, and what's popping inadvertently, uh, Red Wine kind of spoke on the same matter. Okay, now when Red Wine, who is as bougie as they come, oh, well, I gotta be all when out. she finally comes back to back to life, back to nature, and back to who she really is, it's getting ugly. <laughs> now, you know, what I'm radical from the door. Anyway, but like like I said earlier, just to reiterate, you know, if you're just joining us, the fact that you know, black people are marked people. People teach them from kids to stay away from black folks all over the world. Everywhere from Saudi Arabia to the Middle Eastern to everywhere. China. You know, you look at a little Asian person, they'll they'll be because I tell you, I was in a, I was in another place. I'm not gonna say where my travels are. I was in another place. Now, when I go to the counter, they were you know, that can I help you? Yeah, let me get an egg and cheese, bagel, yada yada, you know. And whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. Four dollars fifty-five cent. Seven dollars thirty-five cent. Whatever. Now, all of a sudden, behind me, while I'm getting my coffee on the other side, and you know they give me the cup and they got the coffee machine and sugar and everything on this side, I go to the other side to put the fixing into my coffee. All of a sudden, three Spanish guys come up there, and they have on like the vest and everything, hard hat, like they were construction workers. Now, mind you, there were two Spanish ladies working in this little delicatessen, delicatessen inside this train station. Now, all of a sudden, the conversation just got live, okay? And they're speaking Spanish, but they're speaking with happiness and, okay, I guess that they call Pataka, because I do the other girl's over there. She's frying eggs. We're on the other side. The one Spanish guy said to her, She says, What I'm saying is that when the Spanish guys came up behind me, talking to the two Spanish girls that just asked me what the fuck did I want and how much does it cost and the coffee's over there and they can get out of the way. So when the three Spanish guys came up behind me, they were having a conversation fucking party. I was like, damn these motherfuckers, and they speak in Spanish now, you know what I mean, because they, they go back to their own tongue, because they're not trying to let you hear, and they'll even say shit just to make sure you don't speak fucking Spanish. They'll say little key shit, and if you don't react, they like, that motherfucker's in the dark, okay? And it was just, it was, a, and, and 
it's, this is not the first time this happened. This happened also, I think I was at Red Lobster one time. And this now was an American thing. Little young girl waited on me. And I'm there with someone and, and waited, took my order. Yeah, give me a salad, give me an entree, yada, 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 yada. Little white girl, okay? All of a sudden, she goes to the next table that have, you know, white folks like herself. And from her, maybe her own generation, her neighborhood or what have you. All of a sudden, there goes the, between the server and the people, a conversation party. And I'm saying to myself, now you talk to me with complete seriousness. What the fuck makes you think I'm so serious? I want to be happy. I want to join in the conversation. I want some happy conversation like you having. But you go to the next table and you're you giving them like all this time and all this openness and all this new love and shit. That with me, it was just some serious business. It's just going go to show you that when it comes to black folks... People will spend time with us as long as the fuck they have to. And then they'll move on. But when they get around their own kind, or like in the Spanish case, they get around some people of their own particular Spanish nature, they go into a whole nother tangent that we are not fucking included in. That's why I tell you before, tomorrow morning, when you wake up and step out that goddamn house, understand who you are what you are and what people think of you. Now, I'm sure some people listen to saying, ah, nah, nah, I'm a good nigga. Everybody like me. Fuck you. You're not. You are a regular black person like everybody else. I don't give a fuck whether you wear Chanel number no. five, the best shit, cow net fucking shirts, whatever, beautiful skirts, fucking shoes with red on the bottom of them. I don't give a fuck what you do, what you wear, what you make, what you drive. It don't matter. You might have the cash, but you cannot cash in your face. That's on the How Did In July album by Stevie Wonder on the second side. You might have the cash, but you cannot cash in your face. Look it up. It's a Stevie Wonder song. So do yourself a favor. Don't be radical with it. I'm just talking shit tonight. It's Friday night. It's a pajama party. I'm talking shit. But the seriousness of this is when you go out from now on, Know who and what you are and what people think about you. They want your money. They want your business. Look around in the store, especially like the lady said, Prince George County. Go to Prince George County, Maryland. It's mostly blacks there. Who's filling Outback? Who's filling Jaspers? Who's filling all these stores you go to? They're full of black people who are patronizing these places so they can open the next day. If black folks boycotted these damn places in Prince George County, they were shut down in two fucking days. And that's why Martin Luther King was assassinated, because he had the book, the ability to tell people to stop going there. And they did it. The bus strike and everything else, they're Martin Luther King. And white folks said, that nigga got too much power. That's why they took him out of here. One of the reasons, anyway. But like I said, just, just go easy for now on. Stop thinking you're some type of politically correct black person. Everybody likes you. White folks love me. I get along with everybody. I'm not like this person. I'm like that person. Sure, you may not have the hoodie on, but you're still the same black person. Stop thinking that shit. You ain't washing your ass no better than nobody else. And your complexion ain't got no fucking kind of different glow on it than nobody else's complexion. They've been taught as children to fucking don't respect our ass. And if you don't know that, you better recognize I'm 
We're going to hose them down. Hose them down. I'm good. Okay. You sure? I'm positive. All right. You need a cold one? You all I right? I got a cold one. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Papa. We're going to shift gears and go out to the West Coast with Kettle. Find out what's happening with the Hollywood wrap-up. You ready to go out mm-hmm. West Kettle? Sure. Uh-uh. I got to calm down from Papa. Boy, he done got me revved up. Uh-oh. Watch yourself now. <laughs> Remember, tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. Watch yourself. It's the first of March. All right, now. Now. We got to make it through December. So, well, All right. What's happening well, out in Hollywood? We might as well get on into it. Well, get into an, it. Update, an update on the Jesse Smollett case. The Uh-oh. two brothers, now they're on Twitter. Uh, their uh, attorney, Charlie DeMar, uh, they put out a statement. And in part, it says, my clients have tremendously regret over their involvement in this situation, and they understand how it has impacted people across the nation, particularly minority communities, yep, and especially those who have been victims of hate crimes and themselves. I'm I'm like you, uh, Redwine. Apology, apology, apology. Kiss it, kiss it, kiss it. That's right. They're just as much as as small as it is, in my opinion. Shove it, stuff oh, it. Sure. That's right. Sure. You know, I don't know if for them it was about the money or because they had, he, you know, Smollett had something over them or they were just doing him a favor. I mean, either way, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make any the sense. $3,500. The, the police gave them immunity, you know. That's why they're oh, free as a fucking bird. They got immunity I anyway. See. Didn't mean to cut you off. That's all right because they want more information, I guess. Okay, we'll we'll continue to follow that. Also, um, Warner Brothers has acquired the life rights of uh, Teddy Pendergrass biopic, and Tyrese oh, wow. Gibson he's going to play um, Teddy Pendergrass. So that should mm. come out sometime um, later this year or probably by next year. Um, also, the um, Oscars, the Oscars was one of the best Oscars that I've seen. In a long time, probably in history, um, mm. because it was more diverse and everybody, I think, got what they deserve. Um, like Best Picture, Green Book won for that. Spike Lee, um, he won mm. for Best Director. Even his um, film was nominated. Um, the um, Oscar winners like Bohemian um, Rhapsody, that movie won four Oscars. Black Panther won three. Green Book won three, and Roma, which is a Netflix uh, film, won three. Um, they were nominated for quite a bit of awards, um, but they only came out with three. But um, it was one of the best ones. Even the performances were great. Even though they didn't have a host, so what? I, you know, everything flowed very nicely. So I, I, I appreciated that. Um, also, um, some sad news, Catherine Hellman, um, the soap star, uh, she played on soap in, from 77 to 81. She played in Coach, Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, also, Who's the Boss? Um, the actress, she was um, 89. She also got a Tony nod in 73 for Best Featured Actress. So um, we would truly miss her. I mean, she she, she made soap. Um, she did. Sitcom, I love that comedy. show, and she was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, she was. She, like I said, she. Jessica. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she um played on Benson also, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was really yeah. that show was cast off of that particular show. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, or well, vice versa. Yeah. Or vice versa, was, yeah. yeah. That came yeah. from that family. Right. And uh, one last note. Dr. Seuss is coming out with a new book. It's called Horse Museum. It comes out in uh, September 3rd, 2019. I haven't seen a new Dr. Seuss in, what, about 100 years? I thought he had passed away. I'm quite sure, but somebody's living on the legacy of Dr. Seuss. How can you write a book under his name if he's not? Okay, all right. What's that little cartoon that comes on with the little tiger? Yeah, but that's a well. That's a different. The Tell the, the public. That's Daniel Tiger, Daniel based, Tiger on based on Mister Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Okay, well. But it's based on. It's not uh, coming out saying uh, this is Mister Rogers. You know what? Red wine anyway. and a little bunch of drink. Good, Kelly. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that was my Hollywood wrap up. I'm, I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and fight over it. But uh, yeah. I'm gonna give her some. I'm gonna give her some BC. Remember BC back in the day. The powder medicine, yeah, I'm going to put Oh, some whatever. Give us some BC. Oh, Lord, anyway. give us some BC. <laughs> BC. <laughs> I thought it was like uh, Bacardi uh, and Coke. Uh, I don't know. I said BC oh, must oh, be Bacardi oh. and Coke. Yeah, she's oh, a young wow. girl. She don't know what BC is. Anyway, <laughs> it's time for the cocktail of the week. Uh, Kelly, you got a cocktail for us tonight? Kettle, you got the cocktail of the week for us tonight? I had it, but it seemed like it disappeared on me, so I think you have to take it, red wine. I'll tell you what, I got one. Uh, all right, dig this here. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> okay, come on, Papa. Back in the day, right? Now, uh-huh. um, the best one to use is Arbor, Arbor Mist. You know Arbor Mist, right? <laughs> have a oh, Marlo. my God. We don't go back that far? Yeah, they have a Marlowe, Arbor Mist Marlowe. All right, uh-huh. now you get that and you mix that with Smirnoff Ice, the original frosted Smirnoff Ice. Smirnoff Ice, Arbor Mist Marlowe, ginger ale. Damn. Okay, and we'll call I that agree. we'll call that Purple Fizz. Because Marlowe is Oh, it's good. It's oh, good. Uh, like I said, it's oh Marlowe from Arbor Mist, which I think they call it something. They have it's, it's called a different. It has like a different name on there, but on the Marlowe. But uh, anyway, mix that with the original frosty Smirnoff Ice okay. and some ginger ale. If you're gonna make a punch, that's all you need: ginger ale, Arbor Mist, Marlowe, and the frosty original Smirnoff Ice. Okay. Stir that shit up, put it in a punch bowl. And you call that a what now? <laughs> I call it purple fuzz. Purple fuzz or fizz? If you want to get people to conversate and relax, you know, because like you said, no matter what Converse. we do in the world today, there's always racial lines. You know, that's our topic tonight because okay. it's always the case, man. You're on the train, bus, wherever you are, wherever you're riding. People always look at black folks like they got to size our asses up. Isn't that crazy? People look at you act like they got to size you up. You sit up here worth more the fuck than they got. You got more money in your pocket than they do. You got more shit going on in your life than they do. But they sizing you up. Anyway, okay. we're going to go to the kissing list. Yeah, what is the kissing list, Papa? The kissing list is people that showed their ass over the last week or so. We're going to uh, put them on blast here. Uh, 
why we got all the sexual abuse cardinals in the oh, Catholic cathedral that recently were busted. A couple of them were ousted from the church. All right. Uh, Clarence Thomas. Is that our Clarence Thomas from the... Uh, oh, yeah, your boy. Okay. He's secretly lobbying, what's that? Republican senators to, to vote to uh, confirm a Trump nominee. Yeah, what kind of mess is that? Yeah, well, he's a Supreme you know, Court judge. Yeah, well, what he's doing. Well, he's 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 a turncoat. Anyway, and him and his crazy ass wife, that crazy woman. I think she done gained about three hundred pounds since, since he's been elected. She's he's <laughs> big as a dead. She's a whale on the beach now. Anyway, uh, Trump for believing that uh, Kim Jong Un had, didn't know anything about the American that died when he got back to America. Now, first of all, when a person is in captivity from another country. The president of that country knows damn well about that and everything that goes on with that person because that's one of the different, uh, under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, you know, the code, of, the code of justice when you have an American prisoner. That's right. So, therefore, the president of that country is totally in touch. So, for Trump to say, I believe that Kim Jong-un didn't know anything about the American that was dying over there. Give me a break, Trump. What the fuck is wrong with you? Lying. Anyway, you could tell he wasn't a military guy. He ain't no but a, than the manager from one of the fucking Atlantic City casinos. Anyway, uh, Memo, uh, here, 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 so I'm putting all that Momo mess on the Kiss It list. Also, I've got Dog Park Debbie. This is a new, you know, existing while black. Dog Park Debbie, call the cops on a black man um, saying that his dog was trying to hump her dog. So mm. she claimed his mm. dog mm. was trying to assault her dog and call the cops. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, really? <laughs> so now that's the black man's fault? Everything. Also, we got a New York man that faked his own kidnapping to avoid paying a Super Bowl bet he made for $50,000 that he lost. Hmm. So instead of him just saying, I ain't got it, he tried to fake his own kidnapping. (laughs) So I'm putting him on the kiss it list. And I think you said you Hank Aaron on the kiss it list? Yeah, Hank Aaron, uh, he was an advocate toward Barry Bonds, again, not going into the Hall of Fame. You know, I think Hank Aaron probably hit about 75 more home runs than, all of, than uh, Hank Aaron. I mean, Barry Bonds hit about 75 more home runs than, than Hank Aaron did. And Hank Aaron's hating on Barry Bonds. And this black man, I mean, sure, you broke Babe Ruth's record, but your record was broke. And now you don't want to give it up. You know, it sounds like you're just hating. And uh, mm. it puts a rift, too, between, just to say this here real quick, it's put a big rift between Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, who both played at the same time, because Willie Mays is Barry Bonds' godfather. Therefore, now, the mm. fact that Hank Aaron is fucking with Willie Mays' godson, Willie Mays now ain't fucking with Hank Aaron. So these are two legendary baseball players. They ain't talking to each other because Hank Aaron, with his little Uncle Tom ass, is dissing Barry Bonds. Okay. Anyway, that's also way. I've got uh, Marianne Lasanti. That's the woman who's from Harford County in Maryland, who referred to Prince George's County in Maryland as a nigger district. Yeah, got a lot of black. Then apologized for it. Mm-hmm. So we're putting her on the kiss it list. But why'd you wake up that morning saying that? 
Yeah. Why do you wake up in the morning saying that in the first place? Exactly. Why do you even go there? When you woke up that morning saying that shit, you knew your dumb ass was wrong. Anyway. Absolutely. Anybody else for the list? Uh, Petal, kettle, and red wine. Uh-uh. Don't just, try it. Like, oh, we mm-hmm. forgot Trump. Let's put Trump on the list for thinking he was going to get Kim Jong-un to do anything he wanted him to do. And Dennis Rodman for still trying to stay in the mix. Please. Anybody else? He's a fool. Anytime he let Karma Electric get away, he's a damn fool. Well, anybody <laughs> else? Okay. <laughs> well, we have something for everybody on the kitchen list. Here's your prize. Enjoy. Kiss my entire Kiss my ass. You can just kiss my ass. Baby, you can just kiss my ass. Blue. Oh. Well, you can kiss my country ass. I said if you got a problem, then eat a bag. You can kiss my natural born redneck to the bone. All right, come back for our last word. Um, back to the pajama party. I'm one of your Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Why, darling? And we're about to wrap it up. Uh, wrap what's it your up. last word for the night, Papa? My last word, I just want to give a, a wonderful happy birthday greeting to my niece, Andrea. Happy birthday, Andrea. Hope you have many, many more. God bless you. Love you. And uh, have a good time this weekend. Okay. And I just want to give a birthday shout-out to LaDonna and to Z down in Florida. Shout-out to you all. Happy birthday. And to, what's your, uh, the other person, Andrea? Andrea, yes. Shout-out to Andrea. Happy birthday to you. And uh, thanks for hanging with us. And uh, let's start with all these fake apologies. If you don't do it in the first place, you don't have to apologize later. Stop hijacking black shit. Anyway. Okay. Over to you, Cattle. What's your last word? Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Let's drive with some sense. Let's oh, be safe out there and be considerate to others. If mm-hmm. That's in life and in driving. So, that's it. That's my yeah, that was word. a good point, Kettle. Okay. You know what right. I think we Thank should you. do, Kettle, in the last seconds we got? You know all the yield what's signs what's that nobody pays attention to no more? We need to melt mm-hmm. those down so we can get some money off them damn things because nobody uses them damn signs no more. <laughs> that poor that poor yield sign is not even obeyed the least bit. Yeah, you, know? you got it. Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah, you can yep, shrink yep. them down. So it's the sad part about it, and I guess I'm gonna keep it real short. People that come on a highway and you're already on it, they look and see what type of car you got. If you're driving a little bullshit old ass Kia and they got a damn Camaro or something, you know, they can challenge your ass. They take you. They take you. They look and see what you're driving. And they take you. That's how they do it. Right? Well, let's let's be a little yeah. a little more gentle on the roads, people. Please. 
The life you save may be your own. Yeah, that was a good point, Kettle, because the roads are a mess today. Well, thank you. All right. Well, we're going to sign out, and thank you guys for hanging with us. Be sure to check us out on apajamaparty.com. Don't forget the A. Be back Mm -hmm. with you next week. Um, Are Mm -hmm. we live next week? Yeah, we should be live next week. Okay, we'll be live next week, so make sure you tell somebody, bring somebody with you, tell them to tune in. And thanks to DC Homegrown, our parent company, we appreciate them, and we appreciate you. And that's all it. Uh, That's it. Bidee, bidee. That's all I got. We're done. Good night, Papa. Good night, everybody. Uh, Kettle, say good night. Good night. This is Red Wine saying bonsoir until next Friday. We're done. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next Friday night. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko. Shut up. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Oh,